Bad Guy Inc. presents Beyond the Fight. What's happening, guys? Welcome to Beyond the Fight. Today's episode is brought to you by BetDSI.com. Go to BetDSI.com for any major world or sporting event if you want to put your knowledge and your passion and put a little money behind it and make a wager, that is the place to do it. Here's the deal. You go over there, put up 50 bucks. Use the promo code BADGUY, one word, B-A-D-G-U-Y. They will match your $50. Now you got a 100 bucks on the books, but there's a little more. BetDSI will email you a promo code that you can take to badguyinc.com. Pick out any two t-shirts. BetDSI will buy them for you and ship them to you for free. Your $50 and the promo code bad guy gets you $50 and two free t-shirts. I'm joined down here today by Ryan with uh, Ryan Parsons. Ryan, there is a heck of a fight card going down. Boy, this Saturday. Ever. I mean, let's start at the beginning. You've got the world champion, former world champion. If we want to get specific in Eddie Alvarez, he's taken on a top contender in Dustin Poirier. What do you think? It's tough to, to bet against Eddie, but in in this case, I'm going to. I like Poirier. I think he's got great reach. He no, wait, 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 why do you say that? Is that because you got a short-term memory and you just saw Eddie lose for the first time ever and that's what's in your head? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's, okay. Exa- that's exactly why. All right. I mean, that's a killer right there. He, he, he got caught with a couple of shots. I mean, you're, are, are you writing him off or you just think Dustin's a tough matchup? I think that Dustin's a tough matchup against anybody. He's big for the weight class. He uses his reach well. He's got good stand-up. I think that Eddie gets a little wild standing in the pocket sometimes. And sometimes when fighters lose, they have a tough time coming back from that. Yeah, that's a very fair analysis. I'll tell you this, and I do like what you said about Poirier, because Poirier is a straight-up killer. Oh, yeah. Uh The thing with Eddie, and I think that you have to give this some consideration if you're going to place a bet, is he's only lost a few fights in his entire career. But... When he loses, he comes back with a vengeance. He's not one of those guys that loses and second guesses himself and thinks that it's all behind him and it's all over and his whole life gets dark and shady. He's not that guy. He gets in the gym. This is just his history. I'm just stating his history right now, but his history is to buckle down and come out bigger and better and stronger and faster and meaner than before. I think that you need to consider it. He's getting dealt from the bottom of the deck here. Okay, Dustin Poirier, that's nobody's fool. But that's still Eddie Alvarez, and he still was world champion within the last 12 months, and I think that a lot of people are overlooking that. Fair points. Okay. He's a tough guy. So I'm going to go against you on that one. I, I'm I'm going to take Eddie in that fight for those very reasons. Now, let's look at Cejudo versus Pettis. I will admit when this was first announced. H- hang on a second. Go, go back to that fight, because the odds makers, Eddie's the favorite, but not by a whole lot. He's up plus 107. Dustin's minus 137. Okay, so it's not a blowout there, and those close ones obviously can go either way. I'll tell you this though. Henry Cejudo, Olympic champion, former number one contender. He's taken on Pettis. Now, when I first saw that, I thought, oh my gosh, Anthony Pettis went down and Cejudo went up. Well, this is actually Sergio Pettis, Anthony's younger brother. And I guess little brother. They're now separated by about 10 pounds. What do you think of that fight? I'm not familiar enough with Pettis. He's still a new guy. He's still a young guy. I'm not familiar enough with him. To give you a fair analysis of the fight, but he is taking on a man. He is taking on a man, and that strength does matter at some point in Cejudo. Pettis is fun. He's fun to watch. He's got great eyes. He moves his feet well, and his strikes come from all angles. Kicks, knees, punches. He's fantastic. 
How do you bet against an Olympic champion wrestler, though? How do you do it? And he's got an incredible record. You know, he lost two fights because he also had Benavides slipped one past him there. You took that out. His one and only loss, aside from that, was to the pound-for-pound pound number one fighter in the world, Demetrius Johnson. Well, Who beats everybody. Who beats every, everybody else that tried failed as well. I, I can't really hold that one against him. I think it's an interesting fight. I do think that Pettis is the faster fighter, and there's not very many times that you could say Henry Cejudo is coming in with a speed deficit, but Fa I think faster, it's true in this case. Faster in what sense? Faster in that he his his target gets uh, his punches and his kicks and his strikes get to the target. What do you mean faster in what? What do you think faster means? I'm Striking sitting here trying wise? to explain. Yeah, he's a faster. He moves fast. What do you? How do you identify fast? A guy's quicker than the other guy. I don't know if I agree with that. You think Cejudo still got him there? Cejudo's actually got very good hands because he he stopped wrestling and boxed for a while. Yeah, he did. So he's no slouch on his feet. And I don't think Pettis has knockout power, especially with those lighter weight classes. So speed for me, I, I don't see that one at all. Okay, but I feel like you switched the argument on me. You, now you're talking about power and, and whether Cejudo can defend himself on his feet, which he certainly can't. I'm just talking about pure speed. I'm just talking about pure speed. And, you know, those Duke Rufus guys, that does matter because they're so tricky. Rufus has so many tricks. You're looking at this hand. You're not seeing what this hand's doing. You're looking at both hands, and then all of a sudden a foot comes flying at you. They're very, very tricky kickboxers. I didn't switch the argument. I added to it. Okay, you're adding to it. Because if you want to talk about speed, what's he going to do with that speed? Is he going to hurt Henry with one punch or stop a takedown? No. I, no. I don't think so. No, they got to add up. And I think that comes back to Sergio being a younger guy. Just I don't think he has that full adult man strength yet. I think his body is still developing. You know, you don't get full control of your body until you're about 25 years old on average. I was a little bit later than that. So, I, you know, I think that he's got a little bit of a deficit. But the, overall, I'm going to take Cejudo. Who are you taking? Look at the odds. <laughs> Henry's a massive favorite, minus 425. So That's a bet DSI. Bucks, yeah, a bet DSI. Sergio's at plus 318. I still want your pick. I thought I made it. Henry Cejudo. Oh, you're taking Henry. Oh, yeah. All right. P pretty easy one there. All right, I'm, I'm going to move up now. This is all on the same card. I got to remind people that because these are main events after main events. I mean, we started with the former champion in Eddie Alvarez, who was one half of selling out Madison Square Garden in his last contest. The next fight I'm about to tell you, you're going to think it's a main event. I'm just getting warmed up. You have Yar Ear Rodriguez, who is on an absolute terror and is undefeated, taking on my favorite fighter, former world champion himself, and Frankie Edgar. I've got Frankie with no analysis. I got Frankie because it's Frankie. What do you say? Yeah, Ear's big. One of the bigger guys up there with Max Holloway's size in that division. And I talked to someone at the UFC yesterday with good insights on things, who said that Yair's been wrestling with good Division One college wrestlers in Chicago, and no one takes him down. You want to know who's training him? Who? In wrestling? Chris Perry. I apologize. Mark Perry. Oh. Chris's brother. And yes, I get updates on those workouts, and Yair works his ass off. That, what, that's all I can tell you. What have you heard from those workouts? Is well, that true? No one's taking him down? I, mean, I haven't heard no one takes him down. I'm not saying that that isn't true. I actually never asked that question, but I know with the Perry boys... They know discipline and they know work ethic. And for Mark Perry to sign off on a guy privately and say, yeah, he comes in and does everything I ask of him. It's, it's a big compliment, but you're still talking about, can a guy in the practice room get as good as Frankie Edgar who wrestled D one for Rutgers? And I'm saying, no, I don't buy it. Here's the other problem with that analysis of you can work out with really good guys, but you can also, if I train with a good, take jujitsu. I'm not good at jujitsu, but I can fight off a really good jujitsu guy for three or four minutes by grabbing his wrist and sitting up tall and, and being strong. Same thing with wrestling. 
Is he trying to take those guys down or is he just trying to stop a takedown? Takedowns in a wrestling room are way different than when someone tries to punch you. And Frank Yeager is really, really good at throwing strikes that transition into his takedowns, which is a very different game than any college wrestler can teach you. And sometimes if you work with a pure college wrestling coach, that can hurt your MMA wrestling game in some ways because the movements are different. The cage changes things. The defense is different. Yeah, Yarir's a tricky son of a bitch, too, and he's definitely got that reach advantage. He knows how to use his legs, and he moves. You know, if there's anything we learned in that BJ Penn fight, it's just how well he moves and confuses guys. If he comes in with strikes, but they're all set up first, so that strike lands, and, and so many people, particularly that are just casual viewers, don't realize, yeah, that landed because the setup was so good. Frankie needs to smother him. I don't know that he has to get him down. If he can get inside and get tight, you know, Frankie can work the body and come upstairs. Frankie can box and move himself. But Frankie is also known to get hit a lot. He's got a, that, a lot of that gaudy in him that, that will go out and get hit repeatedly and make for a really exciting fight. I think Frankie needs to smother him. That's just my own two cents. But I'm going to take Frankie in that fight. Do you have a final analysis? I, I'm with you. I go Frankie. I think he gets a year in his heels, has trouble setting up his strikes, trouble using his range. And starts getting those takedowns and wearing them down. All right, now here's my personal favorite fight of the card. I can't believe that this isn't getting more pop, but we got Damian Maya versus George Masvidal. I am going to take Masvidal. I am not confident enough in that. I will not bet $1. I won't even bet you lunch on that because I can close my eyes and very easily see not only Maya winning, but Maya winning in less than two minutes. Maya has certain positions that if he can get to and he can get to early, this fight is going to be over. But I like Jorge in an upset. Well, the odds makers have it pretty even. Minus 111 for Maya, minus 119 for Masvidal. If he loses, I don't think it's in two minutes. I think George comes out to fight. He has good defense. He uses his reach. He'll move his feet. At the very least, he'll keep Maya off for, for a while. But who's your pick? Who are you going with? This requires balls over here, right? I'm, I'm, give, putting, I'm giving them. I'm giving them. I'm I go putting Masvidal. names out there. Oh, you're Ma- also going Masvidal. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I, really? He's one of my favorite fighters in the game. I think that he's, no one talks about him, that he's not acknowledged for the skill that he has, the toughness that he has. He's never in a boring fight. And he, when the case door closes, he is ready to fight. He's mean. Yeah, he's got that meanness. Good old-fashioned mean streak is a long way in there, and he's got it. All right, we're going up to Joanna Champion. Taking on Jessica Andre. I like Joanna Champion. Jessica's a killer. I just like Joanna Champion because, Ryan, don't forget these these are title fights. She's the world champion, which means it's 25 minutes. And she has shown better than any woman. We have seen some men do this in the past, but better than any woman. She has weaponized pace. She has made pace a weapon. And she will get girls tired and some of it's rope-a-dope. She takes some shots in there. She continues to push. But in those those minutes, 15 through 25, I cannot think of any woman more scary than her because of that pressure. I got to take Joanna. I got to see her train at King's MMA once. She was a lot of fun to watch, just the way she moves, how good she is. And she has no trouble. That's a tough place to go spar. And she had no trouble standing in there with anybody. And her legs are thick. She kicks everything she does as well. And what she really brings to the table too is this, this fear factor. You walk in her, the way she looks at you, the way she promotes these fights. She's as tough as anyone. So she's won that psychological battle. I think in this case, she doesn't have that with, um, with Jessica. Jessica. She, that girl's not afraid of it. She's like a little Mike Tyson, how she comes inside. I think stylistically, it's a really, really tough matchup for her. I think, uh, Joanna 
walks out of there with her belt. Is she going to go 25 minutes? Yeah, I think she could. I, I, I condition, also think that. Condition will be a factor, but Andre is so tough that she, she's the type of girl, body type wise and mentality, she'll take a beating. She's not going to quit. And I think, like you said, those, that last half or last third of that fight, Joanna's going to keep that pressure on, keep the pressure on chopping her legs down and just make it real hard for her in there. Yeah, she's got that Dan, Dan Gable aspect to her. She has weaponized pace and she's done it better than any female. I could point to a couple of males that have done it, but the females are still an emerging division. Well, Dan Gable would be a great example. I could just point right to him. that will stay on you. I have always argued the biggest skill that George St. Pierre had was his pace. He could fight as hard in the fifth round as he did in the very first round. And he never, no, no one ever spoke of that. They talked about his double leg and his jujitsu and his ability to grind. Talked about his jab and the fights with Jake Shields, but they never gave any credence to the fact that he is going full sprint in the fifth round. In the 24th to 25th minute is as hard as the first zero seconds to 60 seconds. I Rand, think that Randy would be a fine the, example. Randy had that. Randy had that as well, but he came from that wrestling grindy mindset. He saw other guys do it. He did come from the school of Dan Gable, even though he was over at Oklahoma State. I agree with you there. Cormier also is a guy that that, that puts a pretty impressive pace on but that people aren't recognizing, you know, they're not recognizing that. No, the other guy's tired. How does Daniel do that? Cause he wasn't known for a cardio guy in college. Was he? He's not known as a cardio guy now. I mean, he's not a guy. He is a guy that when he gets tired though, he will push through. He knows how to keep his composure and understand that. Look, if I'm tired, he is too. And he just stays on it. It's a skill that I'm convinced you're born with. I, I know that you can refine it and work on it from there. But he is one of those guys that is just tough. You know, Cain Velasquez would be another guy that just that constant pressure and that will wear guys down. And Cain's able to do it quicker than other guys because he goes at such a sprint. Speaking of the heavyweights and speaking of Cain, let's go to two guys. The, the king of the mountain right now in Stipe Miocic, your sitting and reigning world heavyweight champion, biggest prize in all of combat sports. He's taken on the former champion in Junior Dos Anjos. And I have to tell you this right out of the gate, Ryan. So many people are confident that Stipe is just going to run through and do this work. We have so many new fans, and what they've forgotten over the last three years is this fight already happened. These two already fought, and Junior beat him. How'd the fight go? I don't remember. It was a stand-up war. Stipe went and played Junior's game, and it was close. It was a split decision. Once that judge did think that Junior, uh, or rather that Stipe won, two judges thought that Junior won. I personally thought the judges got it right. It was super close, but I did think that it favored Junior particularly because Junior closed out the rounds better. Every single round, they were razor thin back and forth, but Junior won the last 10 seconds of round after round after round. I think that's what won him the decision. But it is a different Junior now. He's dealt with some injuries. He'd already climbed that mountain. We've seen that guys, once they climb and get to the highest peak, being the world champion, it is harder to get back up there. I think that's relevant. I can't prove it, but I think that it's relevant if I'm talking about where I'm going to put my money. And I do think that there's something to be said for momentum, and Stipe has that. Stipe's the the odds favorite, minus 140 to plus 110 for Junior. I think you nailed it there because it's tough to hold on to that heavyweight belt for anybody. I don't know the numbers, but not many people hold on to it more than twice. Junior, for me, has been to the top, and he took a lot of damage on his way up and a lot of damage coming down. Steepy, I think, is the fresher guy. The first time I ever saw him, I remember thinking, that guy's going to be world champion someday. He's got the size, got a big head. He's got good wrestling. He, he's good everywhere. I think that he's has such momentum behind him. I don't think he's had the damage in his career that uh, Junior has. And I think that 
I don't want to say he makes it look easy, but I think it's a fairly dominant performance from Stipe, and I think he retains his belt. All right, guys, so we're talking about the pay-per-view, the fights that are going to go down this Saturday, but one of the biggest fights, and everybody's got to go through it, takes place the day before on Friday, and I'm talking about the weigh-in. These guys are under contract, and we're seeing guys miss fights, miss opportunity, have pieces of their purse taken day after day. If you want expert advice, go to ultimateweightcut.com. This will teach you how to learn what your metabolic rate is. We have recipes over there. We have rehydration programs. This stuff is scientific and it's digital, which means if you order, you get instant gratification. You do not have to wait a month for a book to be mailed out to you. It will be at your fingertips right now. Go to ultimateweightcut.com. Use the promo code BADGUY and you will save 40%. If you have any combat sport, wrestling, boxing, mixed martial arts, and you need to know how to make weight. And I'm talking about cutting weight, pulling massive amounts of weight out in a limited time period. Go check out the ultimateweightcut.com and tell next time. What do you got? Oh, Ryan, you're giving me, you're giving me a hand signal. I, I like you have something to, well, to I, add I, to this. I wrote it. So <laughs> I do have something to add. And I would say this, you and I were talking the other day about your biggest weight cut, which is what? 36? 36.2 pounds. And that point two may not sound relevant, but boy, I assure you, in the condition I was in, it mattered. I could not have done things more wrong, Ryan, if you want to know. I had a, a, a I don't know if you want me to elaborate on this or not, but I feel it's like a, you're it, teeing me up. Well, it, it's a great story, and I'll say this about cutting weight. If you compete in wrestling or jiu-jitsu or MMA, weight cutting is the single most overlooked aspect of training. We find specialists, boxing coaches. We do all this technical training with strength and conditioning. We, but we do all these things, right? We take ice baths and do everything. But I see so many people who kind of wing their weight cut towards the very end. And you can destroy months of training, months of training by having a bad weight cut. This, here's a great story with this. I mean, to cut you off, but Heath Sims, a good friend of ours who is a 2000 Olympian. He was the head coach at Evolve MMA. He probably had, I don't know, 10 or 15 fights. Fantastic wrestler. And in 1996, I was living with Dan Henderson. Randy Couture came down for a training camp before the Olympic trials. Now, Heath is my size. He's maybe 5'9", 100 and probably walked around at 170. He wrestled 149.5. So it was a decent cut for him. But it was a cut that he had done, I don't know, 100 times. That that was his weight class. He was a, a nationally ranked Greco-Roman wrestler, two-time California state champion. So he had cut weight a lot. He cut weight for the for the national championships. And I remember four days after we're at the beach in, in Huntington beach and he stood over me and I remember turning my head and I looked at his ankle, which was swollen. And I pushed my finger into his ankle and there was pitting edema in his ankle. Meaning when I pushed my finger into a swollen ankle and pulled my finger back, my fingerprint stayed there for a minute and he weighed 196 pounds Ooh. three days after competing. So he gained Made weight and gained 46 pounds, 26, 25, something like that pounds over his normal body weight. Now he's got the Olympic trials coming up three or four weeks later. I don't remember exactly what it was. No way he could lose all that weight. So he had to then bump up to 163 pounds, which athletes get quite a bit bigger when you go from 149.5 to 163. Had to cut his balls off and almost didn't make 163, had a bad performance and did not make an Olympic team. I mean, there's a, a silver lining to the story is that four years later, he stuck with it and he was on the, the Olympic team in Sydney. But 
it was just one of those weird incidents where his body just said enough. And you see this type of thing over and over and over again where people start killing themselves to make weight. They do it incorrectly. Now that IVs are off the table, it really puts additional stress on people. And I, I didn't realize you had such a crazy wake up, but it's a fantastic story. Well, I just didn't know about it. I mean, it was as simple as that. I, I'd been at this my whole life. I'd been in, in an atmosphere where I had to make weight, and I just didn't know about it. And the way that we used to do it in high school and college for wrestling, we really thought we were the masters. And once I started to learn, oh, my gosh, there's other ways to do it. There's better ways to do it. You know, it, it really prompted you writing the ultimate weight cut and putting that knowledge out there so that other people could have it. Listen, I'm going to let people go and do this themselves. Go and check it out. But if you, if, if you're in an atmosphere where you've signed a contract or you've got an agreement, or even if you're in kids wrestling, like what I grew up through, when you have, it's, it's a relevant part that's unique to our sport. I can't think of anything else, Ryan, where your boss would make you weigh in before you can go do your job. That would be a lawsuit in hmm. any other form of society. Okay. In this one, it's part of the rules. And you, you have to agree in that those weights matter and the commission sanctioned that and they, ch they check people's weights out ahead of time for good reason. And the same thing, if you want to be in a bracket, again, we have a lot of uh, wrestlers that listen to this. I grew up as a wrestler. If you want to be in a specific bracket, compete in a specific event, the weight matters and you have to make it and you have to know what you're doing. And if I would have had these secrets earlier, had you written this uh, when I was 9 and 10 and 11 years old, instead of it coming out when I'm almost 40 years old, I would have owed you a thank you. And many people are going to owe me a thank you for telling them about it right now. So go to ultimateweightcutrightnow.com. Go check it out. Use the promo code bad guy. Get it at your fingertips instantly. You're going to save 40%. And there you go. Any, for, any questions, email me. For Ryan, I'm Chael, and this has been Beyond the Fight. Bad Guy Inc. presents... Beyond the Fight.